While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. This is Moving Through Georgia, and this week, the murder of Joseph Standing. Joseph Smith's revelation, which would become the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, started in New York State in 1830, and within a year it grew enough that it needed a home where the church could expand. In 1831, that was Kirtland, Ohio, while others began work on establishing a community in Jackson County, Missouri. They weren't wanted in Missouri, and they were forced out. In Ohio, Missouri, and Illinois, they were met with anger and often violence. Smith and his brother were arrested in 1844 for treason and conspiracy related to some infighting from a schism within the church. And one night, a crowd stormed the jail and murdered both of them. Brigham Young would bring the church to Utah, but there would still be fighting between the U.S. Army, Native Americans, and Mormon militias. In the East, in 1879, the Mormon church was known for polygamy, civil unrest, and blind loyalty to a theocratic leader. A copy of the Athens Weekly Georgian for September 1877, shortly after Brigham Young's death, reprints a letter from a Georgian living in Utah to his family back home. It would be a good thing for us if Congress at its next session would pass an election law for Utah prohibiting polygamists from voting and throwing out all the fraudulent naturalization papers. He continues, We are completely outvoted, the Mormons voting not only their wives but also their children who are underage and in some instances are said to have had their horses and cattle registered as voters. A Mormon missionary was killed in Arkansas in 1857 by the former husband of his 12th wife. Mobs had risen against Mormons in Alabama, North Carolina, and Kentucky. As the Civil War began, Mormon missionaries and their converts retreated to Utah, but they began to return soon after. There was opposition, but there were also converts. In 1875, the Southern States Mission was formed, which included a missionary named Joseph Standing. He had previously worked in Tennessee and had established a small congregation in the North Georgia town of Varnell Station. Mormon missionaries travel in pairs, and Standing's companion was Rudger Clausen, a fierce supporter of polygamy. The Atlanta Constitution reports that by 1878, Baptist and Methodist preachers had begun denouncing the Mormon faith and suggesting that it be removed, by force if necessary. Armed mobs had already driven at least one Mormon missionary from Varnell Station, and Standing was concerned enough that he wrote to the governor for protection. He claimed that groups were forcing their way into homes to search for missionaries and that local law enforcement officials were looking the other way. A secretary of the governor wrote back assuring them that they had the right to be in Georgia and promising that somebody somewhere would have a word with someone in the general area about the matter. There's no evidence that his vague response was ever followed up on. 
Standing also had one other portent of danger, a dream in which he entered the home of some Georgia parishioners but was overcome with the feeling that he was not welcome nor wanted in that house. He and his partner shared a sense of dread and fear from the community around them. The version of Standing's murder I'm working from here is from an 1886 book entitled The Martyrdom of Joseph Standing. It was written in a Utah prison where Clawson, Standing's partner, was incarcerated with some other Mormons for practicing polygamy and claims to be Clawson's own story. Clawson and Standing were traveling to a conference in Rome, Georgia and had stopped for the night in the small town of Varnell Station. They visited a friend planning to ask to spend the night but were turned away due to fear of retribution from the locals. Standing's dream was coming true. The pair stayed with another friend that night but traveled to the first house in the morning to discuss their concerns for their safety. In between houses, a group of 12 armed men confronted the two missionaries. Clawson knew them well enough to list their names in his book. The two were ordered to follow the men while Standing tried to explain that they were only in town for a short time and would gladly leave immediately. He defended himself by explaining the people chose their church of their own will without inducement. One of the mob replied, The government of the United States is against you, and there is no law in Georgia for Mormons. They stopped briefly to rest, and when he was ordered to get up again, Standing instead jumped up and called out, Surrender. One of the jumpier members of the group shot him. Clawson watched his friend die while the mob discussed their cover story. They would claim that Standing shot himself. Clawson was let go to go find help. He walked to the nearest telegraph office and sent a message to the governor. Joseph Standing was shot and killed today near Varnell by a mob of 10 or 12 men. The coroner's jury would determine that Standing died from 20 gunshot wounds. The sheriff from nearby Dawson promised to catch the perpetrators and mentioned that some had already been seen fleeing toward Tennessee. The body was conveyed to Utah for burial. The governor of Georgia offered a reward of $500 for the murderers, an offer that no one took seriously. Newspapers condemned the polygamic abomination even as they weakly called upon the violence to stop. The Constitution published a story entitled The Lustful Lout, describing Standing's travels through Georgia and his affairs with the local women. It claims that he had impregnated the daughter of one of his attackers and had even murdered the children his conquests produced. Nearly eight months later, Clawson was contacted by the court in Whitfield County and asked to testify in the trial of three men for Standing's murder. He found that Mormons in the area were still in constant fear for their lives, and as he waited for the trial, Clawson had a few opportunities to see his kidnappers on the streets those that were either not charged or out on bail. The trial itself was just a joke. It was a condemnation of Mormonism in general. One defense lawyer even suggested that Clawson would later demand recompense for traveling from Utah to Georgia, thereby benefiting monetarily on the public treasury. As expected, the defendants were found not guilty and released. 
Outside the courtroom, Clausen was warned that a plot was brewing to arrest him for perjury, and Clausen left town on the next train. And as he leaves town, I'll remind you that Moving Through Georgia is a history podcast mostly focusing on Northeast Georgia, but we do travel around a little bit. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints, I'd love to hear from you at movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. And if you'd like to post a review and maybe five stars, it would help get this out to more people. The Mormon Church fought with the government of the United States over the issue of polygamy until 1890. That year, a leader of the church reported a revelation demanding the end of plural marriage. Although new plural marriages weren't completely banned within the church until 1904. From that point on, a member of the mainstream LDS church that participated in plural marriage could be excommunicated, although it didn't end those plural marriages that already existed. And of course, there are still outside groups that profess to follow the Mormon faith, yet still practice polygamy. Standing's grave in Utah lists the names of the murderers in the gang, and an iron box was placed inside it with the trial records and some news accounts just to make sure that nobody forgot what had happened in the mountains of North Georgia. It also has a fairly long poem inscribed on its marble face. Part of it reads, Deep in the shades of ill-starred Georgia's wood, fair freedom's soil was crimsoned with his blood. That's all.